here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Everybody, Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. A good Rosh Hashanah to all my Jewish friends. I celebrated last night. Many celebrate two nights. And by the way, this hurricane looks brutal. South Carolina, North Carolina, parts of Virginia, and so forth. I hope you're paying very, very close attention to this. I know there are some people on TV and radio who think this stuff is overblown. I do not. Last year, I had to get my parents out of South Florida. It was horrific. And so the one thing about a hurricane that you don't have with an earthquake and so forth is a heads up. They may not know exactly what it's going to hit. But it's going to hit. And so uh, I just point that out. It's quite obvious. But, you know, folks, I want to I tell you a little story that's in the Washington Post today. But it's not just this story. Actually, it was last night for today. I want to address this story and make a bigger point. So I hope you'll bear with me. Oh, I know about Serena Williams. What do you want me to say? Absolutely classless, as far as I'm concerned. That's it. There's nothing else to say. I don't watch tennis. I just don't. It's not a national event for me. I don't care. There's a piece in the Washington Post, which is a real smear job against Ron DeSantis. Now, again, if you don't live in Florida, this is bigger than Florida, so stick with me. It further exposes the media, and it exposes another issue I want to talk about. GOP candidate for Florida governor spoke at racially charged events. Like I said, that doesn't sound like the DeSantis I know. What's going on here? By Beth Reinhart and Emma Brown. Stay with me. Representative Ron DeSantis, a gubernatorial nominee who recently was accused of using racially tinged language. No, he wasn't. He was attacked by the Democrat Party in Florida, regurgitated by the broader media, when he talked about the socialism monkeying up the the Florida economy. That wasn't racially tinged. But let's go on spoke four times at conferences organized by a conservative activist who said that African Americans owe their freedom to white people and that the country's only serious race war is against whites. DeSantis, elected to represent North Central Florida in 2012, appeared at the David Horowitz Freedom Center conferences in Palm Beach, Florida, and Charleston, South Carolina in 2013, 2015, 2016, and 2017, said Michael Finch, president of the organization. This is called Restoration Weekend. I haven't been there in years. But conservatives all over the country, of all stripes, conservatives elected to the House, elected to the Senate, governors, prominent conservative columnists, have attended this event. 
It's like anything else. You have no control when you have these big events and so forth, who's going to be there, who's not going to be there, but it, it doesn't even matter. That's not even my point. Hundreds of people gathered to hear right-wing provocateurs, such as Stephen K. Bannon, Milo Yabadabadu, and Sebastian Gorka, sound off on multiculturalism, radical Islam, free speech on college campuses, and other issues. I just want to say what an honor it's been to be here to speak, DeSantis said in a 27-minute speech at the 2015 event in Charleston, the video shows. David has done such great work, and I've been an admirer. I've been to those co- these conferences in the past, but I've been a big admirer of an organization that shoots straight, tells the American people the truth, and is standing up for the right thing. So this is the David Horowitz annual event. The Florida gubernatorial campaign is one of the marquee races of 2018, pitting DeSantis, a Trump acolyte and lawyer in the Navy Reserve, against Andrew Gillum, the mayor of Tallahassee. Now listen to this. Who had become the state's first African-American governor. Now, he is a Bernie Sanders acolyte. Do they say that he's a Bernie Sanders acolyte? No, you got to move on. President Trump has endorsed DeSantis, and Gullum is backed by progressive leader Bernie Sanders, an independent senator from Vermont. See how passive they are in describing Sanders? Sanders is an out-of-the-closet radical socialist. So DeSantis now is painted with a broad brush. This entire event that takes place is, is slammed as if it's a Klan meeting. In less than two weeks since the primary, race has become a central issue in the nation's largest battleground state. Why? Because the media wanted to. Because the Democrats wanted to. They don't want you to know that Gillum is a socialist. They don't want you to know that the mayor of Tallahassee is surrounded by corruption and controversy. No, 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 no. And it goes on and on and on, the article. Now, this is how they treat a man who served his country, who went to Harvard Law School, who spent six important years as a member of the House of Representatives. This is what they try to do to this guy. Race is a big DeSantis, who chaired a subcommittee, who fought for the recognition of Jerusalem as the capital of Israel, who fought for the moving of the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. Does he sound like some kind of a Klansman to you? Now, I want to contrast that with something. This is from Town Hall last week. Bill Clinton sits on stage with Louis Farrakhan at Aretha Franklin's memorial service. By Timothy Meads. This has a broader implication. Stay with me, America. Perhaps Slick Willie was too enamored by Ariana Grande's rendition of Natural Woman by the late Aretha Franklin to notice that he was sitting on stage with the infamous anti-Semite and hate monger Louis Farrakhan. Whatever the case, the 42nd president of the United States, Bill Clinton, gleefully shared floor space with arguably one of the most divisive and bigoted American figures in recent memory. At yesterday's memorial, that's last week, service to the Queen of Soul, 
President Bill Clinton, Reverend Al Sharpton, Reverend Jesse Jackson, and Minister Farrakhan were all given special seats in the front row at Aretha Franklin's funeral service. Franklin passed away, as you know. Since at least the early 70s, Franklin and Farrakhan have had some sort of friendship. Farrakhan, who became the leader of the Nation of Islam in 77, wrote after her death that in 1977, when I was a minister in New York City, Temple Number 7, the police attacked our mosque. Within a few hours, Aretha Franklin came to the mosque, to my office, said that she saw the news, came as quickly as she could to stand with us and offer us her support. Farrakhan is notorious for making hateful comments against Jewish people, white people, and virtually anybody who's not black. As noticed by the Daily Caller, Farrakhan said in 2011, some of you think that I'm just somebody who's got something out for the Jewish people. You're stupid. Do you think I would waste my time if I did not think it was important for you to know Satan? My job is to pull the cover off of Satan so that he will never deceive you and the people of the world again. And he goes on and on. You can Google it. There's one hate-mongering comment after another after another. This man, this man is never denounced by the Democrat Party. Never. You won't see stories in the Washington Post about politicians associated with Farrakhan, maybe in passing, maybe there's a rare article, But he is a real bigot. He's a racist. He's a Jew hater. He's got ties into the Congressional Black Caucus. Keith Ellison has ties to Farrakhan running for attorney general in Minnesota. You barely hear about it. Deputy chairman of the DNC. Ties with Bernie Sanders and Keith Ellison. Sanders supported Keith Ellison for chairman of the DNC. Sanders didn't just show up at a meeting with Ellison. He endorsed him. He embraced him. The Black Caucus doesn't just show up a meeting with Farrakhan. They endorse him. They embrace him. Bill Clinton didn't just show up at a funeral with Farrakhan. He embraces him. As much of the Democrat Party does. And not a word. Not a word. Linda Sarsour calls for people to stop human, human, I'm saying this on Rosh Hashanah, stop humanizing Jews from the Daily Wire, citing Al Jemeiner. Far-left Islamic activist Linda Sarsour made strong anti-Semitic remarks during a speech this month at the annual Islamic Society of North America convention in Houston, Texas, calling for the dehumanization of Israelis. The Al-Jamanar report that Sansor shamed Muslims for not being more politically active and said that if Muslims are not promoting the Palestinian cause, then they are part of the problem, saying you, as an American Muslim, are complicit in the occupation of Palestinians, in the murder of Palestinian protesters. So when we start debating in the Muslim community about Palestine, it tells me a lot about you and about the type of faith that you have in your heart. If you're on the side of the oppressor, or you're defending the oppressor, or you're actually trying to humanize the oppressor, then that's a problem, sisters and brothers. And we got to be able to say that is not the position of the Muslim American community. Now, she has a long history of anti-Semitism. Received a ringing endorsement 
from Democratic Socialist Alejandro Ocasio-Cortez this week after she was arrested for disrupting Judge Brett Kavanaugh's Supreme Court confirmation. Ocasio-Cortez's endorsement of Sansor should not come as a surprise. She's also used similar language toward Israel. There is this growing hate, Jew hate, within the Democrat Party, within the organizations that are appended to the Democrat Party, among members of Congress. And the Washington Post tries to cobble together a hit job on a former member of Congress who's left his seat today to run full-time for governor of Florida who doesn't have a racist bone in his body. The big story that's ignored by the free press, the golden age of journalism, is the growing, growing, rampant hate for Jews within the Democrat Party. Within the Democrat Party. And I cannot help that there are so many self-loathing members of my faith who cannot give up their party. Because for so many of them, progressivism is their first faith. And so the Washington Post, we're all waiting. We're all waiting for your big story. Your big story with thousands of words of the connections between members of the Democrat Party and Farrakhan. Members of the Democrat Party and CARE. Members of the Democrat Party and Linda Sassour. Bernie Sanders' connection with this element. Where is it? This would have been the perfect day. Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish New Year. Instead, you try to cobble together these outrageous smear jobs on David Horowitz, on Ron DeSantis, and other people, righteous people, people of goodwill, people with open hearts. This is one of the reasons Donald Trump can't get a break. Donald Trump can't get a break. Donald Trump is the greatest president for so many communities in this country that we've seen. That's right, I said it. The things that he is doing for the state of Israel, while they pretend from Charlottesville and beyond that somehow this man is anti-Semitic or somehow he's a racist, the things that he has done are truly unimaginable. He's closing down the PLO office because they cut off peace discussions even before they saw the deal. He's cutting off our monies to UNRWA, which was washing money into the Palestinian regimes for refugees. We actually have people who are refugees, uh, third generation, fourth generation, which is ridiculous. Refugees from where? He's the guts to name the capital of Israel. He's the guts to move the embassy there. Gets no positive press from the lib media. And in the black community, it's the lowest unemployment rate in modern American history. Obama didn't do that. 
In fact, the truth is Obama didn't do a damn thing for the African-American community. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. within the upper ranks of the Democrat Party is indisputable. And the further left that that party moves, the more anti-Semitic it's becoming. There's absolutely no question about it. And it's very fascinating to me that when you watch cable news, particularly CNN and MSNBC, they don't have any guests on that raise these issues, do they? They'll have a conga line of guests, typical race baiters, who will come out and tell you that Trump is this and Trump is that. In fact, they say it about virtually every Republican and conservative, and including people who support him, like you. But this issue, which is a real issue, which is a factual issue, which is a relevant issue, I don't believe there's any discussion whatsoever about the Democrat Party and its growing institutionalization of anti-Semitism. Same with our universities. That's the nature of progressivism, isn't it? I'll be right back. The new American Revolution starts here. The Mark Levin Show. Call in at 877-381-3811. By by the way, you ever wonder why uh, big media really uh, rejects? Well, rejects what? How can we put this? Moral arguments. Condemn evangelical Christians or dismiss them or Orthodox Jews and that sort of thing. Well, look at this. Les Moonves, sexual harassment, he's out. Charlie Rose out. Matt Lauer out. Uh, what was the guy's name? Weinberg out. That's your media. So-called news media and the rest of it. Anyway, I want to continue. Because it is time that the Democrat Party and the media and academia answer for this. Brett Scher over at the Free Beacon, UCLA, UCLA, agrees to host Radical Anti-Israel Conference. Would they dare to hold a Radical Anti-South Africa Conference? Folks, I tell it like it is. Would they? UCLA has agreed to host the annual conference for Students for Justice in Palestine a radical student group that leads much of the anti-Israel campus activity at universities across the country, the Jewish Journal reports. UCLA has been under pressure to back out of hosting the group given its history of disrupting Jewish events on campus and promoting movements such as the Boycott, Divestment, and Sanctions Campaign, BDS, which aims to destroy Israel through economic warfare. In its statement, the university said that it opposes the BDS campaign, but still feels obligated to host the event. Tell me, would it say the same thing about the Klan or neo-Nazis? Use of campus space by a student organization such as Students for Justice in Palestine 
does not mean that UCLA endorses the event or agrees with the views expressed by event organizers, the university said. For example, UCLA and the University of California Regents continue to firmly oppose boycott, divestment, and sanctions against Israel. Especially in a university setting, controversial topics should be discussed thoughtfully and respectfully. Really? Really, is that how we talk about the Klan and the neo-Nazis? How is this much different than that? Seriously. How is this much different than that? And I'm going to tell you something, and I tell you this all the time. Because of our immigration system, you can see Europe too. More and more people, certainly not the vast majority, but more and more people are coming into this country and bringing their cultural hatreds with them. Their hatreds for this country, their hatreds for Israel, and so forth and so on. There's no demand of allegiance to our principles, none whatsoever. For the left and for the media, people overseas have a right to come into the United States, regardless of their views. Regardless of their views. Which is different than the past. Very different from the past. Obama talks about tribalization. This is tribalization. When you don't have assimilation, it's tribalization. We have no idea who the hell is coming into this country or what their purposes or motivations are. But such a group didn't even exist 20 years ago on our college campuses. Now it goes on. In a university setting, controversial topics should be discussed thoughtfully and respectfully, free from demonization, insult, or ethnic bias. Is that how conservatives are treated on college campuses? Is that why they're not free to speak without all kinds of police forces being involved, or they don't get to speak at commencement exercises? Is that what they're talking about? Who's the last conservative to give the commencement speech at UCLA? UCLA holds participants at campus events organized by registered student groups to the standards of behavior set forth in the UCLA Student Code of Conduct and applicable laws and is committed to ensuring the safety of all our students. Sure. So this will take place in November. Our college campuses. Breeding grounds for anti-Semitism. Breeding grounds. My friend Stephen the other day said, you know, I want to sit down with you. I want to, I want to talk. He's, he's an African-American. Wonderful, wonderful friend. You're right on the facts, but you need to know feelings and passions and emotions. I'm more than happy to discuss it. When you consider that six million Jews were exterminated less than 100 years ago, little over 70 years ago. And this stuff goes on in the Democrat Party. That's right, I said it. And this stuff goes on on our college campuses. And when you consider that the Washington Post is trying to take a candidate, an individual, to smear an individual who they know is not a racist, Ron DeSantis, who they know is not, because they want to silence him and they want to scare people from voting for him. You can see the mentality of the left. Whether it's the official left in the Democrat Party, whether it's the academic left at the, ACL, at the uh, UCLA, 
or whether it's their surrogates in the media like the Washington Post. If you're a conservative, if you believe in the founding principles, if you insist on assimilation into our culture, if you believe in natural rights and natural law, not progressivism, then you're painted as some kind of a racist throwback. And yet it is we who embrace the philosophy of liberty for all individuals. That's our view. And it's one of the reasons we do not believe in an autocratic, centralized, iron-fisted government, which is where you go when you're a progressive eventually. There's no alternative. So the Democrat Party has some answering to do. The media have some answering to do. Academia has some answering to do, all of which have been thoroughly devoured by the progressive movement. Because, as I've said a hundred times, a thousand times, the progressive movement is the bastard child of Marxism. Surely it is. Mark, you must not understand Marxism because it's not... I understand it quite well. And we've written about I've written about it and we've talked about it at great length, you and I. Doesn't have to be the purest form of Trotskyism or Maoism or whatever. It is what it is. So where are the stories in the media? And then you look at the anti-defamation leg, the ADL. You know what happened at the anti-defamation leg? I assume most of you don't. But you know what happened there? And it means what it says, anti-defamation leg. Well, it's a very old Jewish organization used to be pretty much on the straight and narrow politically, slightly left. You know who runs it now? A former special assistant to Barack Obama. Where is he? Where is he? Where is the group? Why aren't they putting out white papers and position papers on what's happening to the Democratic Party? Why aren't they condemning Bernie Sanders? Why aren't they condemning Bill Clinton? Where are they? Why aren't they condemning academia? Which is so tolerant of this movement. Why aren't they concerned about what's happening on our borders and immigration? Why? It's because it's like the rest of the left in this country. Progressivism is their faith. Progressives. They may go to church. They may go to synagogue. They may celebrate the holidays, but in the end, aren't they secularists? Because in their heart, what comes first? What comes first? Big, ubiquitous, all-powerful government, which you see is going to solve all of our little human issues. Something's unequal, as it must be in a free society. There's all kinds of unequal stuff. In fact, you want there to be unequal stuff. I'm not talking about the rule of law. I'm not talking about the right to vote. But you want to be able to wear what you want to wear. You want to be able to make as much as you can make. 
Maybe you want to acquire as much property as you can and the other guy doesn't. Maybe you want to go to more uh, classes and get higher degrees than the other guy does who maybe wants to work uh, uh, right out of high school. Who knows? Who cares? That's what happens in a free society. All kinds of unequal human endeavors. But for the progressive, that's intolerable. They must control everything. That's the only way to fantasy land, you see. The only way. So we're waiting, Washington Post. I don't even wait on the New York Times. The New York Times covered up as best it could the Holocaust. We don't wait on the New York Times. We already know what the New York Times is. We're waiting, MSNBC. We're waiting, CNN, NBC, ABC, CBS, and all the rest. We're waiting. Where's your stories? On the growing Jew hatred in the Democrat Party, in academia. Where is it? You're going to bring the scholars on and the professors on who are going to explain it? Or not? And how about you talk about the President of the United States who stands up against it? Who stands up against the Palestinian terrorists? The PLO? The PLA, all the rest of the alphabet soup, cuts off American taxpayer subsidies, which are used to subsidize terrorists. How come he doesn't get plaudits for that? I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. The Democrats, they never talk about Franklin Roosevelt and the Holocaust. Why is that? Well, you know the story, ladies and gentlemen, don't you? There was a boat, big boat, with Jews who had escaped Germany. It's right off the shore, about a mile, mile and a half off the shore. They begged to come into the United States. Begged to come into the United States. FDR refused. Sent them back. To the Holocaust. I hear the Democrats now about open borders and all the rest of it and so forth. History is important, ladies and gentlemen. It's very, very important. That's why we talk about it so much here. That's why we teach it here. I can do all the Mickey Mouse that all the rest of them do, but I'm not going to do it. You know, every time you go online, your internet provider and advertising companies can track what you do and sell your personal information. Plus, the NSA spies on literally everything. Now, we know that for a fact. Thank you, Mr. Clapper. So how can you protect yourself? Well, computer experts recommend using a VPN. A VPN. And the software I use, called ExpressVPN, makes it super easy for anyone, all of you, to stay private and protected online. They're rated the number one VPN service by TechRadar. Now, these days, I don't use the Internet without ExpressVPN. 
ExpressVPN's apps take just minutes to set up and afterwards run seamlessly in the background of my computer and smartphone. You install the program, then you turn on ExpressVPN protection with a single click. It couldn't be any easier. ExpressVPN secures and makes anonymous your internet through data encryption, and they hide your IP address. That means nobody, nobody can record or access your online activity. So if you want to really protect yourself from hackers and spy agencies and your ISP, visit expressvpn.com slash mark. It's really simple to do. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S VPN, expressvpn.com slash mark. For their special offer, three months free with a one-year package. Don't risk your online data any longer. Keep your privacy. Visit expressvpn.com slash mark, expressvpn.com slash mark today. Bill, Phillipsburg, New Jersey, the great WABC. Go. Hey, Mark. How you doing? Happy okay. New Year. Thank you. Um, I looked at, I'm looking at things and I see this recent, all this recent outrage in this outrageous Semitism that's going on is, I think, in part and process due to the moves that the president is making here and there that's really throwing a monkey wrench in the progressive machinery. It's like, it's like they're getting... In other words, this is a historical pushback. I believe so, yeah. I think so. And the, the media is just stoking it up. I mean, they're pulling out all the stops, it seems, as we approach, as we approach the, the midterms. And I think a lot of that is because they know that they don't really have the blue wave. Well, whether they know it or not, they claim to be a free press. They claim to report the news. And instead, they concoct these hit jobs. And so I'm calling them out now, and I'm saying to the Washington Post, I'm saying to all the other big left-wing media outlets, they're not mainstream, why are you not covering this issue? Why are you not calling out the Democrat Party? Why are you not calling out the Democrat candidates? And we know why. Because they're part of that whole milieu, that whole mindset, that whole groupthink. But we're going to continue to push and push and push. I have a microphone. I have a lot of listeners. We have a lot of listeners uh, in metropolitan areas, including with significant Jewish populations, for instance, in New York. And I'm making the point, and I'm going to continue to make the point, that the Democrat Party is a parting with a growing anti-Semitic problem. And it's a fact. And the more they move left with the Bernie Sanders and that crowd the more it reveals itself. And so they keep celebrating this 28-year-old. They keep celebrating these people. And I'm saying, celebrating them, these people should be denounced. Denounced. Meanwhile, they try and concoct racism when it comes to Trump or racism when it comes to DeSantis. These men are not racist. They haven't done a damn racist thing in their entire lives. They're not embracing any racists. Can't say the same for Bernie Sanders. When it comes to Jews, you can't say the same for Bill Clinton. All right, my friend, thank you for your call. And what exactly has Donald Trump done? What exactly has Donald Trump done that causes him to be called a racist? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. 
That's a fact. Now, the boat I was talking about, of course, was the St. Louis. And it came so close to Miami that one of the few survivors said he could still picture in his mind the palm trees in Miami. And it was turned away by Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Turned away. I'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. You know, I'm always amazed how liberals in my faith will vote for the same candidates that this organization CARE effectively supports. CARE is the American mouthpiece for Hamas. And they'll wind up voting for the same candidates. Isn't that shocking? Isn't that amazing as a rational point? You want to see the true history of the Democrat Party, you go ahead and Google Joseph Kennedy Sr. and his affinity for Hitler. And on MSNBC, there's Al Sharpton. Why is Al Sharpton on MSNBC? Why is he on MSNBC? And why isn't Farrakhan denounced by the Democrat Party? Instead, they embrace one of his accolades, Keith Ellison. It's incredible. Absolutely incredible. As they try to smear conservatives and Republicans who want nothing to do with any of this stuff. All right. I want you to listen to what John Sununu said on Fox News today former governor of New Hampshire, former chief of staff to George H.W. Bush. I want you to listen very carefully to what he has to say. Very carefully. Cut 11, go. Barack Obama is breaking with 230 years of tradition, uh, virtually uh, practiced by every former president, and that they don't criticize their successor, and they don't get into the middle of, of the pol- politics of the day. But Obama's out there, I think, for two reasons. Number one, uh, he has an insufferable ego. Uh, Obama's ego saw an opportunity to find a couple of venues where he could go out and talk about himself. And, and he's going to be doing that. Uh, unfortunately, he's finding out, as he did in Anaheim, where they were set up for thousands, that only uh, 750 people showed up. So his ego might take a little bit of bruising. But the second reason I think is even more interesting. I think he is worried that if the Republicans do hold the House and the Senate, that the investigations of Congress will continue into the shenanigans of, of the Comeys and the McCabe's and even extend into the Brennan's and the right 
ISIS and the illegal unmaskings and so on. And all of a sudden, these investigations will get to a point where people will start asking, uh, what did Obama know and when did he know it? And bingo, think- bingo, bingo, bingo. Obama has jumped into this race to protect himself. Listen to me. I've been telling you for months that this leads to Obama. The senior level of the FBI, his senior intelligence officials, his senior Justice Department officials, people on his own staff. There's no way Obama didn't know a lot about what was taking place. There's no way Obama didn't know that his administration, perhaps even at his direction, we don't know yet, but, I'm, but I have my own inklings on this, interfered in the last election. The governor is 100% correct. This is what we've been saying here over and over and over again. The buck stops with Obama, and not an abstract way, but in a factual way. He's never been held to account. He's never been forced to ask a single answer, a single question. While they try and chase down Trump and set him up for a phony crime, because there is no underlying crime, again and again we make the point, the fact is, what did Obama know and when did he know it? There's no prosecutor asking him, nobody in the media are asking him, and he sure as hell doesn't want a congressional committee to keep working on this. This election is crucial, ladies and gentlemen, to protect the the current president of the United States from a silent coup to protect your vote in the 2016 election and to expose what took place. For God's sakes, we still don't know all of it. And you'll go to your deathbeds not knowing all of it if we lose this election. This is why the books are coming out. This is why the anonymous op-eds are coming. It is a frontal attack. It is everything they can think of, throwing everything they can to stop the Republicans from winning the midterms, to stop Trump from succeeding. They are scared to death that more and more will come out. No thanks. To Bob Woodward. No thanks to Carl Bernstein. No thanks to the media for the most part. In fact, in spite of them. Barack Obama is covering his own ass. Barack Obama is worried that it will eventually come to the door of the Oval Office where he sat. And so what the Republicans need, frankly, is some time. They've been obstructed. There have been delays. Rosenstein is a buffoon. Mueller is an apparatchik, in my humble opinion. Mueller was close to Obama. Most of Mueller's career as FBI director was under Obama. Comey told you he liked Obama. He worked well with Obama. (coughs) Excuse me. The unmasking that took place included Susan Rice. Whose office was 12 feet from the president of the United States office. And she was involved in unmasking. This whole damn thing's been a setup. 
We know that the prior administration interfered with our election. We know that the prior administration interfered in the Israeli election. We know that the prior administration used the IRS to go after Tea Party groups. We know that the prior administration used the FBI to go after media groups, even though they're so entrenched ideologically, they're prepared to sacrifice one another. That's a whole other story. They talk about police state tactics. They talk about dictatorial tactics. Well, we've seen them in the prior administration. The threat to freedom of the press came under Obama. You remember the FCC was talking about how to destroy radio, particularly conservative talk radio, when that memo came out. Remember that? And the use of surveillance on the Associated Press, the use of surveillance on individual reporters like James Rosen. More surveillance of reporters than all prior modern administrations in history under Obama. You didn't hear Joe Scarborough and Mika Brzezinski worried about it, did you? Two clowns. You didn't hear Jake Tapper going on and on about it, did you? Or Wolf Blitzer. Who the hell knows where Don Lemon was or who cares? Where was Carl Bernstein? Left-wing kook. Where were all of them? They were applauding. They were supportive. You see, ladies and gentlemen, tyranny in the name of liberalism is okay. Tyranny in the pursuit of progressivism is just fine. Because after all, what is progressivism? Ultimately, it's tyranny. Dressed up as compassion. I'll be right back. Mark in. Listen to what John Sununu said again, because I think it's quite profound. That also underscores my thinking on this point. Why did Obama jump in? It's not just that he wants Democrats to win. It's not just that he wants Trump impeached. He gives this Castro-like speech. Only 750 people turn out in an auditorium that they could take thousands. Obama is jumping in to protect Obama, ladies and gentlemen. Cut 11, go. Barack Obama is breaking with 230 years of tradition, uh, virtually uh, practiced by every former president, and that they don't criticize their successor, and they don't get into the middle of, of the pol- politics of the day. But Obama's out there, I think, for two reasons. Number one... Uh, he has an insufferable ego. Uh, Obama's ego saw an opportunity to find a couple of venues where he could go out and talk about himself. And, and he's going to be doing that. 
unfortunately, he's finding out, as he did in Anaheim, where they were set up for thousands, that only uh, 750 people showed up. So his ego might take a little bit of bruising. But the second reason I think is even more interesting. I think he is worried that if the Republicans do hold the House and the Senate, that the investigations of Congress will continue into the shenanigans of, of the Comeys and the McCabe's and even extend into the Brennans and the Rices and the illegal unmaskings and so on. And all of a sudden, these investigations <coughs> will get to a point where people will start asking, uh, what did Obama know and when did he know it? And I think he's trying to stave that off. So you're concerned when, when, so you, when you saw him on stage, you were thinking about that, right? You were thinking uh, about I what policies on... did he initiate, what decisions did he make, or others around him, what did they do before the campaign of 2016? Actually, my first thought is, what is this damn fool doing coming out of retirement to break with the tradition of not attacking sitting president? <laughs> He's right on all counts, isn't he? I want you to keep something in mind here. If Hillary Clinton had won the presidency, we wouldn't know any of what we know today. None of it. The deputy director of the FBI would still be McCabe. Although now he's under criminal investigation. We would never have heard of Peter Stroke or Lisa Page. We would never have seen a single one of their texts. They'd still be there. Of course, they're now gone, but they'd still be there. It's quite possible Loretta Lynch would still be attorney general, which I think was the real reason she met with Clinton on the tarmac at Phoenix Airport. And but for some local reporters, we wouldn't have known about that either. They were cutting a deal, is my view. She was informing him about what the FBI had found on her, if anything. And uh, and he was winking and nodding that they would take care. I really believe that. Otherwise, why all the secrecy? Who's ever heard of an attorney general meeting with a former president when his wife is under active criminal investigation? That in and of itself is absolutely unbelievable. We would not know that the Hillary Clinton campaign and the DNC illegally, hello, illegally funded this dossier, which they never reported on their financial disclosure forms. And, of course, watched the money through, laundered it through a Washington law firm and a guy named Mark Elias, a lawyer, who then in turn hired Fusion GPS and then in turn hired the the spy, the ex-spy from Britain, who in turn supposedly talked to Kremlin types to prepare this crap. This crap, which was used by different levels and entities within the FBI, which was used in front of a FISA court. We wouldn't know any of this. We wouldn't know that there were extensions of the FISA warrant and that the last one was signed by the sitting Deputy Attorney General of the United States. Wouldn't know any of it. Bruce Orr would still be serving on the staff of the Deputy Attorney General Rosenstein. Working with Christopher Steele. His wife working and being paid at Fusion GPA. We wouldn't know any of it. Pretty damn incredible. We wouldn't know who was responsible for unmasking American citizens. A felony. <coughs> Nobody's been held to account. We have real crimes here, ladies and gentlemen. 
Not this crap that Mueller's chasing. We have real live crimes here. The Espionage Act, violated multiple times by Hillary Clinton. Obstruction, false statements and perjury. Real crimes. The unmasking of American citizens, a felony. A serious crime. None of which are actively under investigation. Where the hell? We're told, well, the U.S. attorney in Utah, he's going to, who the hell is, where the hell is he? Certainly taking his time, isn't he? Oh, no, the U.S. attorney in Utah, he's great. Well, where is he? We wouldn't know any of this stuff. Because the Praetorian Guard media is there to protect Obama at all costs. Everything Trump does is a crime. Everything Trump does is racist. Everything Trump does demonstrates he's mentally ill. Everything Trump does is stupid. Conversely, everything Obama does is brilliant. Everything Obama does is absolutely terrific. And maybe Obama didn't do all those things if it creates a negative, you see. Incredible, is it not? Don't you know it's the free press? Chuck Todd will not come on this program. Mr. Producer, you contacted his producer, correct? The Meet the Press producers. Now, how do we know who those are, Mr. Producer? Didn't they not reach out to us some time ago? They Make sure your mic is open. They reached out to us a while ago. Why? They wanted you on the show. They wanted me on Meet the Press. And a matter of fact, it was open-ended, wasn't it? Yep, whenever he wants to come on. Whenever I want to come on. And all I do is ask Chuck Todd to come on and defend his article, and now we're not friends anymore. He won't come on the program. We've invited all kinds of media people on this program. They won't come. We've invited Bernie Sanders to push his ideology on this program. He won't come on. Chuck Schumer. No. I can go down the long list. The 28-year-old. We were the first to ask. No. They want to go to their safe spaces as snowflakes. Because they know that they'll get challenged here. They know that we don't sit here and do a lounge act, Mickey Mouse stuff. That we're ready. And we have some questions. The free press. Most of the people in the media that we're aware of, they're not defending a free press. They're defending their ideology and their right to spew it. That's fine. That's free opinion. But that's not a free press. That's freedom of speech. Freedom of speech. They're not promoting real press and real news and informing the American people. They're pushing their ideological agenda from their past jobs and different campaigns and so forth. I'll be right back. The establishment's worst nightmare. Mark Levin. Call in now. 877-381-3811. 
This guy Kaepernick, the only reason I bring him up not, is not because he's a, a serious person. In my view, he's a very unserious person who is exploiting uh, people's feelings and emotions. But uh, there were apparently two players with the Miami Dolphins who took a knee. There aren't many players who are taking knees, so I would point that out, too. That the vast majority of the players in football are not taking a knee. And the vast majority of the players in football are black, and they're not taking a knee. So when the, uh, the leftists in this country, whether they're columnists or sports broadcasters or whatever they are, keep seizing on the great Colin Kaepernick and the knee and social injustice and all, they need to understand that the vast majority of people in football who play the game on the field are not taking a knee. The vast majority are respectful. Are respectful. And either keep their politics to themselves or they take it outside the stadium. Just like in basketball. Just like in baseball. So let's be clear. Let's be clear about this. That the vast majority of football players in this country are not taking a knee. I watched it very carefully. And the reporting was such that we knew that it was a minority. And so he talks about Congratulating those two in particular with the Miami Dolphins because he says that, uh, well, you know, they're standing up against oppression or taking a knee for oppression. Oppression. This doesn't even make any sense. They're taking a knee for oppression. Why are the vast majority of people who are coming into this country minorities? Not, I mean, from our country's perspective, not their country's perspective. Why are the vast majority of people coming into this country black, brown, you name it? Why? Why would you leave your paradise to come into a, a situation where you're oppressed? It doesn't even make any sense. That's not how people conduct themselves. This whole thing is crap. This whole thing is fake. Well, that's all I have to say about that. Let's take some calls before I jump into a couple more subjects. Let's go to Anthony, Los Angeles, California, 870 The Answer, the great KRLA, and I will be there this weekend at KRLA at our wonderful event there. Go ahead. Hey, Mark, it is a great honor to speak to you, and I just want to say uh, I can't wait to see you in Glendale at Town Hall 2018. My wife bought me VIP tickets to see you there, and I'm super excited about that. Well, make sure you come up to me and remind me that you called. We're very excited as well. I will, sir, absolutely. And I have a couple points. Uh, I've been following you you for a couple years or so. I'm a route sales rep, so I listen to you when I'm in the truck. And I'm learning quite a bit from you, and and, uh, you, you... I want to thank you because you got me really interested in this to, to get more involved. I haven't had a chance to read your books, which I want to do get. But um, a, a couple points, if I can make. Things, sure. Um, as, as you were talking about um, Obama coming out, um, uh, campaigning against Trump. And didn't, uh, didn't, didn't Obama do pretty bad in the 2010, 2010 midterms? Yeah, yeah you mean, yeah, he gonna, lost. Right. So I think this is actually going to help Trump. And like I said, I'm a sales rep, so I'm out here in L.A., near downtown. And I'm hearing more and more people every day 
say that Trump isn't so bad. And a couple months ago or so, it was you know when when he was first elected, it wasn't like that. Everybody was against him. I'm a minority. I'm I'm I'm, I'm Mexican American. Yes, sir. And I'm, I'm I'm talking to more and more people, and they're actually coming out and saying now that Trump isn't so bad. And I think that that's a huge swing. I I do too. And let me tell you something. I think if the media in this country actually did conduct themselves as a part of a free press uh, and, and, and did get the true story out about the accomplishments of this administration, particularly as they apply uh, to the economy and minority communities and so forth, he would be, he would be doing even better. Uh, and uh, they don't want that. See, they, they despise the man. They get up every morning trying to figure out how to destroy the man, new angles to trash the guy. And so they're, they're never going they're never going to be a free press, to be perfectly honest about it. Right. Well, right. listen, Anthony, I really look forward to meeting you. Make sure you come up to me. OK, thank you, Mark. I will. Hey, if I, if I bring a book, can you sign it for me? At, at of home? course I will. You bet. Right. I appreciate that, Mark. I love you, man. I listen every day. Thank you. God bless you, man. You, too. I thank you. We don't do many, but we're very excited about coming out to uh, to L.A. We've got family out there as well. It's just going to be a lot of fun. KRLA country. By the way, we kill in the ratings on that station. Kill. We kill KBC. We kill KEIB. I'm just being honest. It's true. The numbers don't lie. Let us go to Steve, Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. You better uh, tie everything down there, my brother. Go right ahead. I'm going to try, Mark, and I love you. And, like, uh, like by the way, we're both the same age. Well, there we have and, something in common. Yeah, we do. And, like, I'm a Catholic man. Yes. And I grew up in, like, a Jewish community. Right. But, okay, so we were the only ones, you know, on the whole freaking street that had, like, Christmas lights, right? Yeah. And, like, I love my Jewish friends. Mm-hmm. And I can speak Hebrew. You know why? No. Because I went to a bar mitzvah or a bat mitzvah uh, <laughs> for like 18 months when I was like 12 and 13 years old. Yes. You went to a Every, bar bat mitzvah for 18 months. It only lasts about three hours, you know. Well, no. I had a lot of like relatively, you know, like, you know, like uh, a, a good uh, of friends. And yes. so like, and so... You know what? what? I, I I investigated like the Jewish faith and the Jewish religion. And what'd you find like, out? I'm a Catholic, huh? What'd you find out? I found out that it's a faith of like beautiful like love and so forth and so on. You know? Yes. And like I love the Jewish people. All right. And. <laughs> So all of my friends were voting for Obama, like, and, like, I tried to, like, tell them, like, you know, 10, 11 years ago. Yes. This guy doesn't like the Jewish people, and, like, he doesn't like Israel. Right. This is like a... Obviously, you persuaded a lot of them. No, I didn't persuade any of them, and that's why Obama won uh, two elections. Yes. All right, my friend, good to hear from you. I appreciate it very, very much. You know, I've had my share of mechanics calling me saying they found something wrong that needs replacing when I've taken my car in for, say, an oil change. 
Now, those so-called surprises, the high repair bills, they're terrible. Especially when you're not covered by a manufacturer's warranty and you're paying out of your own pocket to fix them. That's why I strongly encourage you to get extended vehicle protection from CarShield. If your car has 5,000 to 150,000 miles, CarShield can save you from paying for high repair costs. How do I know? Because I have CarShield, because we have a 2010, as I've told you, a 2010 model Camaro, when the new Camaros came out. So replacing your engine or even a simple sensor can cost thousands. So when you're protected by CarShield, you can have your favorite mechanic or dealership fix your car. It's your choice. CarShield also provides 24-7 roadside assistance and a rental car while yours is being fixed. That's right, for free. Get covered by the ultimate in extended vehicle protection. Get CarShield. It's very simple. Call 800-CAR-6100. Use code LEVIN. 800-CAR-6100. Code LEVIN. Or visit carshield.com and use code LEVIN. Carshield.com. Code L-E-V-I-N. Now why? Because you save 10%. That's carshield.com or 800-CAR-6100. Use code LEVIN. Save 10%. A deductible may apply. Corey, Junction Beach, Florida, on the Mark Levin app. How are you? Hey, Mark. It's Jensen Beach, Florida. How are you well, tonight? I know where Jensen Beach is. I was wondering where Junction Beach is. Anyway, yeah. go ahead. Um, to I'm get good. to your point earlier about how much the left and the Democratic Party is becoming anti-Semitic and poisoning the youth of America, there was an article and a couple of days ago on NBC News, a.k.a. Nothing But Crap News, yes. that states an Israeli... As Israel moves right, young American Jews target birthright tours in protest. Mm-hmm. So these young Jewish kids are going over there, and according to this, this If Not Now, which is an anti-occupation group, is uh, getting these kids all riled up to go on these tours. And Let, let, me, uh, let me explain to the public what you mean. There are tours funded by Jewish groups, and in some cases the state of Israel, to bring young Jewish people from the United States and other parts of the world into Israel to see what it's like and so forth at a young age. Maybe they're teenagers, maybe they're 20, something like that. What's happening now, because the left is so evil and diabolical, is that these self-hating Jews you're talking about, they've infiltrated this process, and they send people, and people are involved now. Once they get to Israel, they start trashing the country. That's what you're talking about. Yeah, they get on the, they're on the tour bus and they stand up and they start yelling and screaming about the Palestinian occupations and things you know, crazy like that. It's unreal. And so even this, even this uh, is done by the left. It's, it's just, it's, 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 it's disgraceful. Thank you for your call, my friend. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Call him as we see him here. And there's no reason why we shouldn't. You know, a new study just came out of China, and it discovered that air pollution causes a huge reduction in intelligence. This is in addition to the well-known impacts on physical health. Oh, yeah. High pollution levels led to significant drops in test scores with language and arithmetic 
the average impact equivalent to having lost an entire year of education, particularly in the Communist Party, by the way. Now, this is especially important with 95% of the global population breathing unsafe air. So do the smart thing. Go to FilterBuy.com, America's leading provider of HVAC filters for homes and small businesses. As I say, they're made right here in America. Choose from over 600 sizes, including custom options that ship free within 24 hours. Plus, they support working Americans manufacturing all their filters right here in America. Not because of tariffs, not because they're told to, because they want to. Save 5% when you subscribe for auto replacement, so you'll never forget to change your filters ever again. Nice, fresh, clean air in your home. That's what you and your family deserve. Filter by will save you time and money. You'll breathe better and apparently become more intelligent in the process. So don't procrastinate anymore. That's filterby.com, filterbuy.com, filterby.com. Tell them Mark sent you. It's a great service, a great product right here in America. I'm quite serious. Brian, Baltimore, Maryland, the great WCBM. Go. Hey, Mark. Uh, how you doing tonight? All right, buddy. How are you? I'm great. Um, your opening uh, monologue in your first hour and pretty much your whole show, uh, for those who didn't watch your show last night, Life, Liberty, and Levin, uh, John Voight was fantastic. Uh, the fact that, you know, what he has to stand up against in Hollywood as a conservative, you know, I understand that in a microcosm, having worked in Montgomery County, you know, across the river from you. But um, he had a very interesting point that I think is very poignant and, and applies to today. What caused him, you asked him, what, what made him change from a liberal to a conservative? And what he said was, after all the the picketing, the riot, well, uh, protesting and everything against the Vietnam War, it was a very small but a very vocal group. The U.S. never lost a battle in Vietnam, but they turned the tide of public perception against the soldiers, against the war. We pulled out, and thousands of people died in Laos, Cambodia, Vietnam, all throughout South... No, actually, a few million died. Okay, uh, yes, I'm sorry, because then Pol Pot came afterwards and all that, so... You know, and he realized he had blood on his hands because he was part of the the movement that got us to leave those people and strand them. And what we're facing here today with the media, with the you know the, those that you call the self-hating Jews that support these Democrats and and these ridiculous way out leftist policies, they are doing the exact same thing. They're repeating the. And exact by the way, there's self-hating Catholics, there's self-hating Protestants. You get my point, though. Go ahead. Yeah, everybody, they're, they're self-hating across all religions. You're absolutely correct. But we are, spe- we are seeing the repeat of the 60s happening now, 50 years later. And these people, they're small. They are a minority, but they are very loud. They're very destructive. And people, we, if we follow what they say and we kowtow to what they, the pressure they bring, we're going to have blood on our hands. And it's going to be, you know, I don't know if it'll be enough to wake people up, but it may be too late. And I hope it's not ours. Yeah, and, 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 you know, what's interesting is this very loud, active minority, and I think you're right, they control the levers of, of the culture, whether it's Hollywood and entertainment, whether it's the media, <clears throat> excuse me, and so forth. That's what they're good at, academia, yeah. insinuating themselves, secreting themselves into these enterprises, and devouring them. 
and I was a communications major before, you know, when I graduated college, and I worked in the local news media, and I know exactly how the newsrooms operate, and, you know, I just realized I didn't like working inside, which is why I went to the fire department, and lo and behold, I end up seeing it in government on a local level, then the state level, and then we mm-hmm. had a lot of federal jobs that we did with all the federal government agencies in Montgomery County. So it's, you know, you get a small minority in, and they say one bad apple spoils the barrel. Well, it doesn't take many people to turn something really great into something pretty scary. All right, my friend, as always. Appreciate it, buddy. Larry, Queens, New York, the great WABC. Go. Mark, how are you? I'm good. Thank you. I want to say thank you for the education you've given me over the last few years. Thank you. I'm a 62-year-old man. I'm Jew- I'm Jewish. I'm single. Uh, no kids. I live alone. Well, I'm not dating. I don't, I don't do that. <laughs> yes. But, uh, you know, I have, uh, I have family, I have siblings and all. And, you know, what's going on is, is so frightening and... Yeah, I'm conservative, and uh, I wasn't always, but I am now and have been for the last several years. And I just, you know, they're all, you know, just Hillary and then Barack. You know, they're the sweetest people in the world. And, you know, I had to spend the summer of 2016 with Hillary to the left, you know, arrow on my sister's lawn and stuff, you know, watching, seeing that. By the way, what did that arrow mean? It meant to the left. I knew what it meant. My no, family. I don't know what the hell it meant. Didn't the arrow go to the right? I, I don't even know what the arrow uh, was for. If you were standing in front of the sign, it went to the right. If, yes. you, if you were pretending like the, you were, Hillary was the sign, then it's to the left. It's the, her left. And I, I, knew, I knew full well what it means. And I come from a family where everyone went to Ivy League schools and everything else. And I'm, uh, to be perfectly honest, I'm just extremely frightened because uh, I feel like I'm the only one in the family who sees what's going on with the anti-Semitism and the Democratic. Is it not Dem- possible to pick one off at a time? In other words, to really focus. I've tried. I've tried. Yeah. I've tried. Mm-hmm. I, I, I sent one sibling last week. I sent uh, him a couple of YouTube videos like the history of the Democrat Party. Where in 1826 they talk about the Democratic Party is the party of the white man. You know, I mean, they they just don't see it. I sent him D'Souza's trailer for uh, Death of a Nation. Nothing, no response. They're all unhinged. They're all they're all crazy. You know. Well, if I were you, I'd find a new family. All right, Larry, I appreciate your call, my friend. I really do. Very brave. Hang in there. We'll be right back. Broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. We will have Ken Starr on the program on Wednesday. Uh, He could come on last night, but the time uh, created a conflict. Now, I mention this now because now all the backbenchers will scurry to try and get him on Tuesday. But that's okay. I know uh, how to question and ask questions about uh, Ken Starr's really remarkable new book. So we'll have a lot of uh, 
fun with that and a lot of focus on that on Wednesday. Meanwhile, there was a uh, an outstanding speech given at the Federalist Society. Today. You may recall the Federalist Society. According to the Democrats, it is a right-wing organization. See, anything or anyone that believes in the original intent of the Constitution is a right-winger, according to the left-wing kooks. But the Federalist Society is a very good organization that promotes the original intent and textualism in interpreting the Constitution, which apparently is very, very provocative. But John Bolton was there today, and he he gave an outstanding speech, and we're just going to touch on a few points that he raised. The ICC is the International Criminal Court, I think they call it. Uh, We have never been a member of that court. That would mean that we confer our sovereignty on this international court that would adjudicate issues with, with respect to our soldiers and sailors and airmen and Marines and Coast Guard, our politicians. The judges come from different countries all over the world. Now, I can assure you if Hillary Clinton had gotten elected president that we'd be members now of the ICC. This is why these elections are so crucial, ladies and gentlemen. But this president has not only said no, he has said hell no. And through John Bolton, his outstanding national security advisor, he also had this to say today. Cut 17, go. Today, on the eve of September the 11th, I want to deliver a clear and unambiguous message on behalf of the President of the United States. The United States will use any means necessary to protect our citizens and those of our allies from unjust prosecution by this illegitimate court. We will not cooperate with the ICC. We will provide no assistance to the ICC. And we certainly will not join the ICC. We will let the ICC die on its own. After all, for all intents and purposes, the ICC is already dead to us. Boy, that's good stuff. By the way, the uh, the screamer in the background was Code Pink, of course. The Hate America organization. There's so many of them, it's hard to keep track of them anymore. Now, um, why? Why would we have nothing to do with the ICC? Cut 18, go. First, the International Criminal Court unacceptably threatens American sovereignty and U.S. national security interests. The prosecutor, in, the prosecutor in The Hague claims essentially unfettered discretion to investigate, charge, and prosecute individuals, regardless of whether their countries have acceded to the Rome Statute. The court in no way derives these powers from any grant of consent by non-parties to the statute. Instead, the ICC is an unprecedented effort to vest power in a supranational body without the consent of either nation states or the individuals over which it purports to exert jurisdiction. It certainly has no consent whatever from the United States. As Americans, we fully understand that consent to the governor is a prerequisite to true legitimacy, and we reject such a flagrant violation of our national sovereignty. Amen. Amen. 
I mean, seriously, look at the smart things, the solid things this administration does. Look at their policies. Now, you may have disagreements here and there, but by and large, look at this. The alternative is Hillary. It's not a binary choice. Well, I don't know people who say that. I don't know where the hell they're voting or what the hell they're thinking. It looks pretty binary to me. Now, what about the Palestinian Liberation Organization office, the PLO? Remember when the PLO was considered a terrorist organization? Cut 19, go. Israel, too, has sharply criticized the ICC. While the court welcomes the membership of the so-called State of Palestine, it has threatened Israel, a liberal, democratic nation, with investigation into its actions in the West Bank and Gaza to defend its citizens from terrorist attacks. There has also been a suggestion that the ICC will investigate Israeli construction of housing projects on the West Bank. The United States will always stand with our friend and ally Israel. And today, reflecting congressional concern with Palestinian attempts to prompt an ICC investigation of Israel, the Department of State will announce the closure of the Palestine Liberation Organization office here in Washington, D.C. As President Reagan recognized in this context, The executive has the right to decide the kind of foreign relations, if any, the United States will maintain. And the Trump administration will not keep the office open when the Palestinians refuse to take steps to start direct and meaningful negotiations with Israel. The United States supports a direct and robust peace process, and we will not allow the ICC or any other organization to constrain Israel's right to self-defense. Now, these are two very, very important and historic actions by this administration. Is it getting much coverage? Are you seeing much coverage of this other than passing coverage, Mr. Producer? I'm not. Nope. It doesn't, you see, it doesn't fill the theme of the day, which is today's theme, Trump is a nut. Tomorrow's theme, Trump is a racist. The theme after that, the next day is... Uh, uh, Trump is this, a criminal, an unindicted co-conspirator. And then the next day, that we have a different theme. We can't allow reality. We can't allow the real world. We can't allow the facts to interfere with our media theme because we're the free press, and this is the golden age of journalism, as the great, late Jake Tapper once said. Now, I have a question for Jake Tapper. May I? I have a question for Chuck Todd. I have a question for George Stephanopoulos, the three stooges of media, all of whom have worked for Democrat politicians in the past and Democrat causes in the past. What makes you journalists? What makes you a journalist? You take some kind of test? You have some kind of certificate? What makes you a journalist? I'm curious. You have tried to professionalize what you do. You claim to. So you are now a professional journalist. What does that mean, you're a professional journalist? I'm quite serious with this question. How does Jake Tapper, what does he self-characterize? Stephanopoulos, same thing. 
Chuck Todd, the same thing. I mean, Chuck Todd writes a piece. He wants his fellow journalists, quote unquote, to rally against Fox News and talk radio and anyone who doesn't fall in line. Because, you see, we have created this negative uh, view of the media. Not him and his cohorts and comrades. No, we have. But aren't we part of a free press, too? Aren't I part of a free press? I don't pretend to be a journalist, but aren't I part of a free press? And don't I have free speech rights? That's the bottom line. According to Chuck Todd, not really. We're to be condemned by the other media elements. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, tomorrow is a big deal. Tomorrow, I will be taping the 500th episode of Levin TV. 500 episodes. And some people thought it wouldn't last. Not only has it lasted, we've gone from Levin TV and we've expanded it to a whole digital TV network. With 20 hosts. And we've got the best sound people, the best camera people, wonderful picture for you, the best crews and producers and directors and editor and graphics people. I mean, it's the real deal. And I hope you've been enjoying it, those of you who've signed up to it. 500 episodes tomorrow. If you want to join us, it's 844-LEVIN-TV. Just give us a call, 844-LEVIN-TV, and say, look, I want to sign up. I want to sign up for the 500th episode and every episode thereafter. after. And ask them. They'll tell you the various options and plans. But I'd really like you, those of you been thinking about it or think about giving it as a gift or flirting with it or whatever, now's the time to do it. The 500th episode will be tomorrow evening. 844-LEVIN-TV, 844-LEVIN-TV. I'd love to see thousands of you. Just pick up your phones right now and join us. And those of you who haven't seen it, you're going to see what you're missing. And tell them you want the 30 days free uh, plan. You get 30 days to risk-free to see if you like it and all the other shows. You get all the other shows, too. But it's our 500th show, as you know. We uh, we launched this in my living room, and we've come a long way since then. Very long way. And if you ever watch me on Fox, you'll notice that I am in the Levin TV studio. It's a magnificent studio. Every guest I have is blown away by that studio, many of them who work for Fox. But that's our Ronald Reagan studio slash bunker, our TV studio. So... We really want you to join. I really want as many of you to watch the 500th episode as possible. Sign up. You get 30 days risk-free. And we're confident enough we know you're going to stick with us. You don't have to, but I feel you will. 844-LEVIN-TV, 844-LEVIN-TV. We have a lot of things going on. That's the 500th episode of LEVIN-TV. In November, we'll have the... uh, 
National Radio Hall of Fame Award. And there are other things going on, too. This weekend, we're going to be in uh, at KRLA Country, 8.70 a.m., with thousands of our fans there. I mean, uh, we're quite blessed. It's, it's quite wonderful. And the most important thing, the most important thing is a brand new book. There's a lot of books out there, but not like this. A brand new book that will be available in a few weeks. And I strongly encourage you to pre-order it. It's called Our Police. Mr. Producer, will you put that up on our social sites, please? I'm telling you, I'm holding it in my hands. There's only two copies right now. But you can pre-order it, so as soon as it comes out, it'll be at your doorstep. It's called Our Police. It's for younger people. And it is written and illustrated by my father. If you've loved his other books, you're going to love this book. And yes, it honors men and women in law enforcement. That's exactly what it does. It honors men and women in law enforcement. And my father, who's 93 now, he, he wants younger people to respect law enforcement, to understand how important they are. And he does it in a very, very kind, positive, interesting way. So you can read it to your kids at bedtime, or they can look at it and read it on their own. It's that kind of book. It's a, ch- it's a children's book. So you're going to want to get the first edition copy as soon as it comes out. So go to Amazon.com. Just put in Our Police, and it should pop up. And we'll put a link to it again on my social sites, Mark Levin Show, Facebook, Mark Levin Show, uh, Twitter. Typically, they don't print enough of these books, and they run out. But I'm telling you, these first editions are the, are the, are, are the ones you want to get. You want to get them as soon as you can, and you can pre-order it on Amazon.com. So go to my web, uh, excuse me, my social sites. I think we're going to have it up on the website too, right, Rich? It's already up there on the Mark Levin Show radio website and on Mark Levin Show Facebook, Mark Levin Show Twitter. I got this massive empire. I can't remember everything. But I have you. That's what matters the most. I want you to check it out. I don't know. Did you get to watch our show on Sunday? Life, Liberty, and Levin. Did you get to see John Voight and how wonderful that was? Man, he is uh, He's engaging. He's, he's as kind as can be. He's a patriot. And I think after the bottom of the hour, we'll just play a couple of clips. Not too long. Just a couple of clips so some of you who didn't see it can can at least hear some of what was said. I'm hoping that you folks are uh, going to keep tuning in, we'll keep doing the program as long as you're interested in it. And uh, we have guests that are famous, guests that are unknown. But the point is these are people who make a difference or have a message that I want America to hear. That's you, especially you. Joseph. Brooksville, Florida, the great WGIG. Go. Mark, this is absolutely a huge, uh, uh, I'm so glad to be able to talk to you. It's a, it, Thank it's you. Amazing. Thank you. Uh, I wanted to tell you that uh, I am, uh, 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 what do you call it, changed Democrat to Republican, and that was during the Clinton era. 
and uh, I had, Trump. I've lived through every one of the presidents, and I, Donald Trump. When he got elected, I was so happy because yeah. I said, "Finally, we're going to have a president that's got young gungas." <laughs> and I, I as a as a uh, war vet from. 72 to, uh, to 76 with the USAF over in Southeast Asia. I um, got Agent Orange, but I'm, I'm... I'm sorry to hear that. I still, I just want to let you know how much I love listening to you every night and how much I love President Trump, and he's got to win in 2020. Well, thank you for your service. I'm sorry about your illness and i'll tell you what don't hang up let's uh let's get joseph a free one-year subscription to crtv.com don't hang up joseph let's make sure he gets that all right folks i shall return You can call us now at 877-381-3811. And the liberal contact number is 877-381-3811. You know, summer's gone pretty much, but not the sunspots, the inflamed patches, the UV damage to your face, neck, and shoulders. Introducing Genesel's brand-new sunspot corrector doing Chaminade's summer repair cell for a limited time. Roseanne from Akron, Ohio, says, In just days, I saw a lightning of dark spots on my cheeks. I'm ordering more right now. And just like Roseanne, if you click her call right now, you'll get the Genesel Sunspot Corrector absolutely free just for trying Genesel for bags and puffiness today. Finally, see those stubborn sunspots vanish, even the ones you had for years, and those bags and puffiness gone. And for results in less than 12 hours, the Genesel Immediate Effects is also free. Go to Genesel.com now or call 800-SKIN-604, 800-SKIN-604. For a limited time, Chaminade's Microdermabrasion is also yours free for the first time this year. So order right now. And shipping is also free. Say goodbye to wrinkles and dark spots and sunspots today. Call 800-SKIN-604, 800-SKIN-604, or go to Genesel.com, 800-SKIN-604. Now's the time to do it, in my humble opinion. All right. John Voigt, last night on Life, Liberty, and Levin. And I hope you catch this show live most Sunday nights. Liberalism. What happened to you? You were a very active liberal at one point. Cut 11, go. We pulled out of Vietnam, and what happened? Was there this embrace? Was there this celebration? No. Two and a half million people were murdered in Laos, Cambodia, and Vietnam because of our absence. And that, and what happened with the left when they saw that? It's, it's, it's uh, the signature of the left. They create this, you know, this chaos and horror, and they walk away. They take no responsibility for it. That's what happened to all my buddies. Mm-hmm. They celebrated. We won, the, we won the war. We won it. 
we won our war. And, I, and there was this bloodbath. I remember Joan Baez had a little piece in the paper. And it was the only single voice from all of the left. And she was ridiculed for it or put aside for it. And I, said, and I thought to myself, she's right. And we were wrong. That's the turning point. That was the turning point. And it took a long time because propaganda is dangerous. It gets into our system. It's reinforcing. Yes, it is. And, and it took me a long while to pull completely out of it. But little by little, I did. And then I saw that the answer, much like Reagan, when he said, you know, the Democratic Party, I didn't leave the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party left me. Well, to some degree, I have to say the same thing happened to me or anybody who's a conservative now and was at that time on the other side. Because when you look at, let's say, John Kennedy's inaugural address, his inaugural address would be deemed today by the people who were in Hollywood and my friends in Hollywood and the people over the country who are on the left as some radical nut from, from the Republican Party. We simply have lost something in the, along the way, but it hasn't been our own fault. We've been attacked by an insidious and, and I would say, evil force. Uh, um, and I've traced that, and I know a little bit about it. Uh, so I, I know how, I know what the battle is. The battle has been raging, and it's and it's reemerged in the, in this century, uh, in full force. And that's what we're dealing with right now. He's a huge Trump supporter. As a matter of fact, he backed Trump. Um, Early on in the primary process, and I asked him about it. Cut 15, go. So how did you become a uh, early Trump supporter? What did you see in candidate Trump? Yeah. Well, uh, a couple of things. First of all, there were 17 guys with him, right? They were all very top fellas, bright, very bright fellas, very capable. And I don't know if there's ever been such a, a legion of very, very good righteous folks on this one stage together. But I looked at the world and what was left uh, after the past years, and the world was in chaos. Terrorism had swept across the world. Uh, there were, because the cat was away, the, the big cat of the United States had been sidelined, the rats were at play. And so you had North Korea making these gestures up to endanger their neighbors. You had Iran sponsoring terrorism across the globe with Hezbollah and Hamas and their other. And, and, and we had the situation in Syria where we watched without responding to 500,000 people being murdered in Syria. So it was this... You needed someone who had tremendous uh, strength and, uh, and someone who could see clearly now what, what the damage was that was going on and what had to be addressed. And you needed somebody who was a doer, somebody who solved problems, who got up in the morning to solve problems, right? And many of them at that stage were like that. 
And then on the, 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 the home front, we had a, we had terrible uh, joblessness, a, a failing economy, uh, a civil war, really, too. So much going on. So I'm looking. I'm like a casting director in a film. I'm looking. Uh, who's the guy that could handle this? Right? And as I watched and I saw what Donald Trump was pointing to and the courage, maybe not courage, just clarity, this immigration situation, which had to be addressed and wasn't addressed for years. And by the way, every, all this tumult that they're trying to create if you listen to Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, Bill Clinton, they said the same things about immigration. He's getting blamed. They're trying to make him a racist for saying the exact same things, right? But, he, but the difference with Donald Trump and those folks, he's going to do something about it. And as I saw, as I saw him, you know, focusing on like the, just the clear common sense of our trade deals, in our dealings with us, he said, we're going to have politicians sitting down with these people negotiating treaties. This was a, you know, an eye-opener for me because, yeah, of course they don't. They, they've negotiated nothing. You know, they beg for money, but they haven't negotiated anything. They're not tough negotiators. They're not card players. They don't see what's going on on the other side of the table. One final clip. I hope you got to watch the entire show. Here's one final clip, John Voigt, on Life, Liberty, and Levin last night. Cut 16, go. So, John Voigt, you were an early supporter of Donald Trump. How's he doing? I met someone on the plane flying to, to, to make this appointment with you. A friend of mine is conservative, a woman, uh, actress, very good one. And I said, so what do you think about our man? And she just did this. And he was saying that she she put her hand over her heart and was tapping it, tapping her heart. Go ahead. That was a, that's, that's me crying. It was her. Two. Why are you crying? Saying, because it's so, first of all, the gesture was so beautiful. She couldn't even speak. She was just saying... Thank God. And I say, thank God. And one of the reasons why I can say thank God is because I, I, I know he's there, you know, for us all. God. And that's one of the things that we've lost is this compass of God. We have, what did Karl Marx come up with? He eliminated God from the picture. So we can do it without this. Mm-hmm. Not these boys. Not our guys, you know, they knew very well. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by our creator, that we are endowed with certain inalienable rights, and among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And by the way, one of the things that I know you know the genius of the architecture of our founding, this Constitution, where it came from, Bill of Rights and a Declaration. I'm lost in the thought of you being the one that I'm sitting in front of now. No, no, no. You understand this, the genius of them to say, 
the pursuit of happiness. Because if you go into a communist country, as I did, I, in 1991, I went to Moscow to make a little film, first time. It was during Glasnost, Perestroika, being the time that they were changing things, of more openness, you know, and all of this stuff. So I was there. And what did I see? I said, people with their heads down would not look you in the eye. In the hotel, nothing worked. You go to the desk to ask for something, a light bulb changed. They wouldn't look at you, pretended they didn't speak English. All of this. And these people, deep unhappiness. They had no possibility to pursue happiness. And that's the difference. Between, that's, what, that's what socialism, communism, progressive, that's what it means. You don't have the ability to pursue happiness. You can't raise yourself in, in, up above anyone else. As soon as you get more than the next guy, you slap down. So no matter how hard you work, you can't improve the lot for your children. It, it's, they're unhappy. Their buildings are unhappy. There's nothing happy about their societies. Do you know what I'm saying? So that's a mark. And that's the genius of our this happiness is a big thing. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm back live. And as I told him at that point... I had never heard anybody explain it as beautifully as he just did there. The pursuit of happiness. How it's bleak and dark and glum. Where there's no hope and no opportunity in these, these regimes. And in this country, it's quite the opposite. Colin Kaepernick... It's quite the opposite. It is a fabulous country. We have problems with the government, but it is a fabulous country. We are a fabulous people. We truly are. And we should be so proud of it. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. If you ask any AMAC member what they like most about belonging to the conservative alternative to the AARP, one answer that always comes up is how much they love reading AMAC's quarterly magazine, the AMAC Advantage. It's a first-class publication covering a variety of hard-hitting stories from notable authors, and AMAC members love it. Well, my friends, AMAC membership just keeps getting better. AMAC is pleased to announce... That instead of publishing just four issues each year, they're now sending AMAC Advantage to all million and a half AMAC members six times a year. That's every other month. Six issues a year of AMAC's celebrated magazine delivered to you home, your home every year. And it's all part of an AMAC membership. If you haven't joined AMAC yet, you're missing out. Join AMAC today at AMAC.us. The benefits and discounts are unbelievable. Listen to me. The benefits and discounts are unbelievable. And they also support the conservative cause. Not like the AARP that undermines it. Get your copy of the latest edition of the AMAC Advantage magazine, along with all the other discounts and benefits that come with an AMAC membership, by joining immediately. Joining immediately. The website is amac.us. That's A-M. AC.us, AMAC.us. I strongly encourage you to do it right away. 
AMAC, better for you, better for America. What a wonderful, wonderful organization that is. And uh, you benefit greatly from it, too. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Let us go to Denise Mustang Island, Texas, on the Mark Levin app. How are you? Mr. Levin, thank you so much. I can't even believe I'm talking to you. I used to hate how loud you spoke, and I'm like, <laughs> what is wrong with this guy? I hate listening to him, but you know what? I, I was in Colorado, voted for Barack the first year, yeah. and then I started listening to you, and I'm like, oh, my God, are you freaking kidding me? And I, But I live with a person who is a staunch CNN reader, and he's educated. He's a system engineer, worked for Raytheon for 25 years. The guy's mm-hmm. super smart, but these people are bat-ass crazy. He but but first of all, let me get something straight. So, number one, you like the show now, right? Oh, I love you. I can't. You have taught me so much. And I'm 60 years old. They yeah. taught me nothing in high school in San Antonio. Literally, they didn't. Denise, yeah. let me ask you a question. If I send you a copy of Rediscovering Americanism, do you think you can persuade your husband to actually read it? You know what? I'm going to cry because I we travel from San Antonio to Port Aransas, which, by the way, did have a four-category hurricane. And people who are listening, you all need to take this seriously. This yep. is not funny. This is crazy stuff. Yep. Get out of the way. In any case, no, oh, my God, I love you. I mean, I wish I would have met you before Julie, but I like her, too. <laughs> <laughs> all right, listen, don't hang up. Don't hang up. We want to send you a copy of Rediscovering Americanism. And uh, try and persuade your liberal husband to read it. Seriously, it should it should have an effect on him, I would think. All right. I guess she's gone. Okay. Do we have time? What? How much time do I have? Tell me. Kenny, Houston, Texas, on the Mark Levin app. How are you? Hey, Mark. Such a great honor to talk to you. I've talked to you a couple of times, but let me just... Let yes, me sir. congratulate you on 500. That's amazing. As a charter member of CRTV, wow. form, formerly known as Levin TV, I signed up that first week in March, I think, the first week of March. Yes. And you said, sign up now because it's going to go up. <laughs> and it did. Yeah, it did, and uh, just congrats. Thank amazing, you. Amazing, Thank you for amazing. being a charter member. Yeah, absolutely. I've been listening to you for a long time, and uh, I'm kind of a clint right now, so... Um, oh, because you're such a great legal mind, Mark, and you have such an influence on so many people. I know you know that, but um, such a positive influence on so many people. And uh, hey, we got to get Kenny's number and have him call more often. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I originally called in to really ask you a question about you were talking about uh, Bolton's statements about the PLO, yes, whatever it was, closing and all this uh, amazing facts that are happening and just. Uh, just, just happening before our eyes, right? Mm-hmm. You don't hear about it. And I live on the outskirts of Houston. I work in, in Houston, but I live on the outside of Houston in a small community, uh, which is really cool. But, you know, I, I talk to friends out here and I talk to people out here. And I mean, what what's going to happen, Mark? I, mean, I know you don't have a crystal ball, but I mean, in your opinion, if this keeps up where all these amazing things keep happening and none of the media is talking about it and they have their own thing that they're talking about to destroy Trump, I mean, how, how long could this go on just before something? I don't know what something is. I, something I, I don't happens. know. I don't know. But I'm praying the American people can see through this because 
in so many ways, in so many areas, the advances are unbelievable. And this president is under attack like no president that I have ever seen. It is just awful. So it's up to us to stand between his enemies and him. And that's why it's important that we vote on Election Day, Kenny. Thanks for your call. And we salute all you heroes out there. And I'll see you tomorrow. God bless each and every one of you. Take care. Take care.